Hey everybody, it's Carrie again. Just wanted to remind you that one of the best ways you can amplify black voices is by seeking out podcasts by black creators and sharing them with your friends and family. I'll be reposting last week's list of black podcasts in the show notes, so make sure you go check them out and leave them a review. Remember, no lives matter until black lives matter. Thanks and on with the show. Work. She's fierce. Work. She's fierce. To Wong Fu. Who Wong Fu? Did you find out who Wong Fu was? <laughs> no. He's the proverbial MacGuffin. The crime dog? No. The... It's MacGuff, the crime dog, isn't yes. it? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> God. Okay. I love it. I'm sorry. I hate um... that that's on tape. <laughs> hate it. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where I'm a drag queen. And I'm a drag queen. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 1995 film, Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. I was negative one years old when this came out. <laughs> I'm excited. Madison, I hope you're listening because I know you love this movie. Okay, so in keeping with our tradition of Pride Month, <laughs> there will still be drag queens. There will still be drag queens. <laughs> there will be drag queens this week. And, and next, next week. week, yeah, guys, guys, <laughs> it's if, a great month. If you are fortunate enough to live near a local drag scene, please frequent it. Yeah, when life gets back to normal, y'all are gonna have to go check them out. It's important. It is important. It's important to support these people because they're so much more talented. They are. <laughs> they're so talented. They're so talented. I know. I just the kind of craft that drag comes around with makes my ass leak. Like I can't imagine. Before we get started, everybody, don't forget go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. And don't forget you can write the show at Kicking and Stream. Podcast at gmail.com. That is with an and, not with an ampersand. On that note, yeah. let's get into it. Wesley Snipes, he's been a killer and a commando. Patrick Swayze, he's been a heartthrob and a hero. But these tough guys are about to face the most physically challenging roles of their careers. Let's give it to them, girls. Meet Vita Boem. Enchanté. Why are you crying? Maybe she just found out Menudo broke up. Miss Noxima Jackson. Jesse's daughter. And their protege, Chichi Rodriguez. I'm the Latino Marilyn Monroe. I got more legs than a bucket of chicken. They were headed for Hollywood. Think of it as Easy Rider in dresses. On a sacred mission. Must take this message from Miss Newmar with us across the land. going on right here? A celebration. But along the way, they had an unexpected stop. Now, they're stranded in a strange land. Well, ladies, welcome to Snydersville. And you thought the dust bowl was over? This is the presidential suite. That must have been one of those bad presidents. You got beat up by a girl. <laughs> and before they leave... Do you like my nails? They may turn this town from drab to utterly, utterly fabulous. Universal Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present... How do I look? Like the Miami sound machine just exploded all over you. Wesley Snipes, 
Look, I'm sorry about the way the Civil War turned out. Patrick Swayze, I gather you like hitting ladies. Some ladies need to get hit. And John Leguizamo. I gotta go. I got cramps. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Okay, who we've, we've got names. Oh my god! But we do every time we talk about a movie. I know, but I, like this is some great stuff, man. Yeah. I just I can't get over these performances. We got Wesley Snipes. Oh Wesley, <laughs> Wesley, 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 Wesley! I just love that he just becomes <laughs> he becomes this auto person. Like he really does. Like he's so funny, he but does like such a good job. He's not awkward in any way. No, like it's all just he's just very up there feeling himself, and he's not letting anything hold him back. We've got sexiest man alive. 1991, Patrick Swayze in the house. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm -hmm. Nobody puts baby in the corner, and no one tells Vita Laboem what to do. Oh, that's for goddamn (laughs) certain. And be like, honestly, I, Patrick Swayze, who has never been uncomfortable with his sexuality. Definitely not. Ever. He brings this dancer grace to the whole thing. Like, Patrick Swayze disappears. He completely he completely disappears into this woman. He's been wearing spandex since he was a teenager. Literally none of this bothers him. Yeah. We've got John Leguizamo. This part was literally written for him. Was it? Yes. End of story. Period. Honestly, guys, I believe some conflicting things in this world that are difficult to reconcile, but nothing is staggering as the fact that the person who plays Chi-Chi is also Sid the fucking sloth. Oh, my God. Why? Why is that a thing? Doesn't anybody love me? <laughs> Doesn't there anyone who cares about Sid the Sloth? You might also know John Leguizamo from things like, oh, I don't know, Moulin Rouge. Oh, that's absolutely right. Two years before this movie came out, John Leguizamo rose to fame in the 1993 production of Super Mario Brothers <laughs> with Bob Hoskins as Mario How is this and the John si- Leguizamo as Luigi. How is this the second time that this has come up? I mean, be- <laughs> there is, I don't understand. I, I'm I want I'm gonna pay a hundred dollars to the first person who can like draw a web between all of our movies that we've done. <laughs> like c- connect the web of all the episodes. Absolutely, God, all relations. <laughs> no one has that much time. We have First Lady of the United States, Abigail Bartlett. <laughs> Stalker Channing. Stalker Channing. Betty Rizzo. I oh mean, my God. Come on. Oh, my queen. I'm sorry. I she, love her. She's, I love Carol Ann. I know. <laughs> you call me Carol Ann sometimes for fun. I do. I do. <laughs> it's really funny. Not in reference to this, though. No, not in I, reference to this. No, I, I love that. We have Blythe Danner oh, randomly. She's from Meet the Parents, right? Uh huh. She's the mom in Meet the Parents. I want you to think of Sean Penn. And then I want you to think of a worse Sean Penn. God. And it's Chris Penn, uh, his brother. And he's in this. He was also in Reservoir Dogs. We won't be talking about him a whole lot. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I just... uh... All right. Shall we dive into the glorious world of queers in the middle of nowhere? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. And where is the body? Patrick Swayze can have me any way he wants. <laughs> Is that how you want to start this conversation? <laughs> it's the first thing I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that's right. If there's ever a sequence where Patrick Swayze's getting out of the shower, you can sign me up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's a man. He's a lady. He is a lady. Like, like, we get this whole opening montage with both Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes dragging up. As I watch them get into drag, all I can think about is the list of actors that were either flirting with the idea of doing this movie or actually approached. Would you like to hear about some of them? Sure. Gary Oldman. I wouldn't have cared for it. No, I would not have cared for it either. I wouldn't have trusted it at all. Viggo Mortensen. Wouldn't have trusted it at all. (laughs) And no, you're going to get, prepare yourself because I actually dry heaved at this thought. Mel Gibson. Hmm. (laughs) That's really fucking funny because they're talking about Mel Gibson for like five minutes. I know. Later in the movie. Like Patrick Swayze is like, oh, please. Mel Gibson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, never. Never. <laughs> never. Not in a thousand lifetimes. We get an opening drag montage of Vita Bohem. Very, very body positive opening. Yeah. I feel like I am the body beautiful by Salt and Peppa. And, you know, Vita Bohem and Noxima Jackson. Wesley Snipes, I hated how good he was. It's it's incredible. Okay, I love the shots we get of Chi Chi. Oh my god. Gigi Rodriguez <laughs> walking down the sidewalk with her hair on a man on a mannequin. <laughs> mannequin. She's late. She's late to the performance. <laughs> They're all going to the finale for like the New York City drag pageant. Chi Chi gets an urn thrown down at her. <laughs> like an urn of ashes. Yeah. Oh no. Don't throw your mother at me. That's awful. Just stumbling across the street. Oh. I, I, th- I said, this is a big gay premiere. Vita and Noxima, they greet each other outside the venue. I love Vita's drag personally, like her style. They are personalities. They are personas. I love that. Everyone loves them. They are like on the red carpet. It's amazing. I love Noxima. There is not a single look of Noxima's that I don't love. It's amazing. Mara was standing there watching this with me for a second. And what did she say? She said, every fit is a fit is a fit is a fit. (laughs) It's all a They're like, they never don't look flawless. It's all amazing. They are at this finale for the pageant of Miss Drag Queen of America. Oh, I love it. Uh, I had to watch this scene three times because I couldn't stop taking notes. Every time I would take a note and then like something else would go by and I'd have to back it up. I want to name drop some of the well-known queens we have in this scene. Guys, this is basically Drag Race yeah. in, in 1995. This is just Drag Race. We have Lady Bunny. <laughs> we hear about Lady Bunny on Drag Race all the time. We have Candace Kane, mm-hmm. Coco Peru, and one of my favorite drag names ever, Head of Lettuce. Head of Lettuce. I love yes, Head of Lettuce. I love that. And Lady Kateria. And they're all running around and they're getting into hair and makeup to go out on stage. Senorita Chichi, John Leguizamo, she's like running down the stairwell, yes. still putting on her wig. <laughs> like, I love Chichi, but honestly, she's just, you know, she's just, a, she's new. She's a baby. She's new. She's a little less she polished. She has a lot of hope. She has a lot of hope, but she's just a little less polished than everybody else yes. here. You know what I mean? Yes. And I love it. They all go out there. They do their catwalks with the Tom Jones in the background. And not a single one of them, Patrick, John, Wesley, not a single one of them looks uncomfortable up yeah, there. No, no. It's, they are just going at it. Noxima is a tour de force, mm-hmm. and Vita is a goddamn lady, and Chi Chi is owning it. I'm loving every single one of them. 
And then, you know, we have an introduction. Oh, my God. Of last year's Miss Drag Queen of America. Rachel Tensions. Rachel Tensions. Lovely RuPaul herself <laughs> drops down in the middle on a swing in a red dress done up as a Confederate Jack. Finally, finally, we found an appropriate use of the Confederate flag. Racial tensions. Yeah, a, a performative middle finger by a black drag queen. I love it. And, you know, like many people's relationship with their mother, my relationship with RuPaul is complicated. Yeah. Like, because she's always been a big part of my gay life, but, like, I'm going down a similar road like I am with many celebrities these days where I'm like, as they say in Big Lebowski, new shit has come to light. Yeah. And, like, I won't go on at length about it, but to sum it up in a single sentence, I'm really fracking frustrated that we continue to leave kings and trans women out of the conversation. Really fracking? <laughs> I'm really fracking frustrated about it. That's all I'm going to say. Rachel Tensions gives us this wonderful little, you know, finale. And I just, I love she goes, I'm so excited. I could just spit. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, guys? And the winner is... We have a tie! <laughs> Oh my god. What do you mean, Tom? And the winners are. Miss Noxima Jackson and Miss Vita Work the runway, work it! It's a tie. Just like Hepburn and Streisand. <laughs> It is a tie between Vita Boem and Noxima Jackson. Oh my God. And, you know, I just, I love how Chi Chi was so optimistic it was going to be her. I know. Chi Chi like stepped forward and everything right before she said their names. And yeah. And she was just like, oh no, what? Uh, yeah. And then she runs away, but it's like, honey, you're, you're new. She honey. runs away in the most dramatic like, fashion. She had to run down in front of everybody. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. And like, Chi Chi will be nothing but dramatic <laughs> through the rest of this journey. That's all I'm saying. Just, just be patient with Chi Chi. She's young and she's she's naive, all right? So for being Miss Drag Queen of America, we get a full expenses paid trip to Los Angeles to partake in the national competition. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, no, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't, no. Like, no, I imagine from a point of view of like, oh, getting to go do the big thing and get lots of exposure and get your face out there. Absolutely. That's what I mean. That would be great. We have Noxima and Vita in these exquisite after show outfits. I love it. Who changes into this after the show? But They're going out. Oh, yeah. They're going out to, like, uh, the gay Sardis. Yes. I, I don't know. I can't remember what the name of the club is called. But they're on the way out, and they pass Chi-Chi on the stairs. Her, her mascara is running like it's in a 5K. I love Noxima. Little Latin boy in drag. Why are you crying? Because you're so pretty, you know, you're so pretty. That's all. Oh, yes, yes, of course, we're pretty, but why are you crying? Maybe she just found out Menudo broke up. I love that Vita tries to be reassuring to Chi Chi because Chi Chi's like, yeah, you know. she wishes she could be like And them. they're like, aw, a baby drag queen. Yeah. Yeah. And but Noxima's having none of this. Noxima <laughs> knows that uh, Chi Chi is not that talented yet. And. Vita is just like, can we try to be, you know, uplifting and reassuring? And Noxima's like, I am not sugarcoating this. <laughs> Vita wants to take Chi-Chi with them to L.A., sell their plane tickets so they can drive out there. And I love Noxima. She's like, Noxima. What? We must all help others. How? Take her with us to Hollywood. Say what? Take her with us. Now, how are we going to do that? Um, sell our plane tickets and the three of us go by bus. 
Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-
go with style. Like, what else did you expect? I love this travel montage rolling out of New York City and into inner America. I love movies where the car is basically its own character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Ferris Bueller. Yeah. They put Julie Newmar's stolen autograph on the dash and they are off. They are feeling themselves. They come out of Philadelphia and we're going to, what's it called? Balaclod. Ba- <laughs> I can't remember. Baklava. I can't remember uh, it's, how it's pronounced. It's a Welsh-named town in Pennsylvania. Welcome to Balakinwood. It's so beautiful. Here is where they ask young Vita to stop imitating Esther Williams in Million Dollar Mermaid. <laughs> thus marring the Methodist annual picnic. Like, Vita's pointing out all of the sites, like, I was gay-bashed here, yeah. and I was gay-bashed here. I was scared to live there. Yeah, like, you know, she... I think it's I think it's Chi-Chi who asks, why on earth would you give this up? Vita gave all this up to be Vita. Hello. Well, next time you give something like this up, you call me, I'll take it. Oh my god. The mom moment is really bad. Oh, no, I started crying. I truly did. No, I mean, it's just, like, bad. It's badly made. (laughs) Oh, you don't think it was well executed? No, like, they pull up to this house, and it's like, and, you know, Vita's like, this is it. This is my house. It's a ridiculous house. And, like, right as they pull up... (laughs) I'm sorry. Don't laugh. You cannot laugh. Vita's mother comes out the front door, and she sees her sitting out there in the car, and they share this eye contact, and then this weird close-up on the mother, and she's just like, and then turns around and runs back inside the house. she recognizes her. Yeah. And, like, runs away in shame, and I'm sorry, I'm caught up in the emotion of it all. I'm sorry that you couldn't appreciate it at the moment. Well, they, I could have appreciated it if they did it better. I like, understand, I understand. It's just badly shot, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, just Patrick Swayze looks so hurt. And then Vita becomes very dramatic, tears up the map. Maps are cheating. Don't do that! Don't do that! What are you doing? Go back! How are we going to know where we're going, okay? Instincts, my dear. And exquisite wit. Darling, if you're going to become a drag queen, you're going to have to learn these things. The point of this conversation is that Noxima and Vita are looking to mentor Chi-Chi. Like, Chi-Chi's kind of taking all of their direction as a personal attack. Mm-hmm. When it's re- literally what they're trying to do, you know, they're trying to, they're just trying to m- make her a little more polished so that she can grow as an artist. Mm-hmm. They want to give her a chance to, you know, be able to compete and be taken seriously by the rest of the drag community. So they, he's not just a boy in a dress. Yeah. And so <laughs> this whole conversation puts Chi Chi off. You have the potential of a lifetime and you are squandering it. But what do you care? Yes, you will start off a mere boy in a dress. But by the time we are done with this crusade, your anti-Vita and your anti-Noxy will give you the outrageous outlook and indomitable spirit that it will take to make you a full-fledged drag queen. And they finally come to an agreement that Chi-Chi, for now, is a drag princess. <laughs> yes. And that perks Chi-Chi right back up. I love it. God grant me the serenity to accept being a boy in a dress and the courage to change with the fashions and the wisdom to know the difference. Congratulations, Miss Rodriguez. That was step number one towards true queenliness. Hey, you're step one already. So oh, God. we pull. They they put off stopping for as long as they possibly can. They have no idea where they are. Yeah, they because this is all Vita's fault. <laughs> it Th- is. This is all Vita's fault. You're right. She is the one that salvages it too. Yeah. So, so there you go. 
But yeah, they end up in just a country of a bumpkin. And there's this hotel, this motel. I forget what it's called. Is it not a Howard Johnson's? No. It's, it looks like a Howard Johnson's on the inside. It's not, but it's something. I forget what it is exactly. But they pull up to this motel and they're like, mm, we going to get bashed here. The, yeah, we cannot stop here. It's like we're going to get mistreated. And then, you know... Well, baby Chi-Chi thinks they're being dramatic and jumps out of the car and starts running in. And they're like, oh, my God, that child's going to die. Yes. Like, like this movie, like, touches but never really deals with a lot of the darker aspects. Of being of queer be- in the 80s and 90s? Not just being queer, but being a gender performing queer. Yeah. Like, it, how whatever that means for you, if you on site, if people can tell you're different on site, you're at risk. They face violence and lots of other horrible shit. But we never really deal with that at any deeper level other than like a sight gag. So they waltz up in this motel and the hotel manager comes immediately running up and goes, oh my god, no, no, I should have met you outside. Oh and my god! And Welcome. Welcome? There's wine and cheese in the ladies' parlor. I love to be wined in time, puppy. Well, you'll meet many of your friends inside. Friends? 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 Yeah, they were expecting bigotry, but instead we get basketball. They take them into the reception room for the ladies' basketball league. They blend right in. They blend right in. It's great. We cut to Noxie, like, playing, <laughs> shooting hoops with all these ladies. I love it. And she's living for it. She's she's feeling herself the whole time. I was like, Noxie, the fuck? I love how they're sitting around the table. They've all got their fruity drinks dressed in their best. And then, you know, Noxie basically tells Chi-Chi that there are four, just on the spot, tells her there are four steps to becoming a drag queen. <laughs> She's making this up. She's making it up as she goes along. Do you remember what step number one is? Let good thoughts be your sword and shield. Take a look at um, she does that in the car, so we're through step one. And then step two. Miss Chi-Chi, I must commend you on your entrance into this establishment. Absolutely. Step two. Big time. Halfway towards utter, utter fabulousness. Mm -hmm. Step two to becoming a queen. Ignore adversity. So where does it ever get established where exactly they are? Because they think they're in West Virginia when this happens. It's too... West Virginia is actually completely full of trees. Yeah, so it's not West Virginia. It's not. But anyway, they think they're in West Virginia when this cop starts following them. Okay. We got Sheriff Dollard hot on their tail. And I love that that he turns on his sirens. Vita looks in the mirror and goes... Oh, what in gay hell? What's the matter? This could prove problematic. Why? The first name on my driver's license is Eugene. Eugene. Officer walks up and Chris fucking Penn, owner of one of the most punchable faces in all of cinema. This cop is the epitome of problematic evil. He just sticks his head in the car and he's already sniffing for trouble. He gets very racial very quickly. Oh yeah, it's not okay with me. Because they're scared to death and they have a right to be scared to death. They sure do. And Vita's trying to turn on the charm so she doesn't have to hand over her license. She's trying to do this as well as she possibly can. He starts in with the toxic masculinity and the home grown racism and he orders Vita out of the car. And yeah, he takes her back to a car and I love how Chi-Chi goes, I think maybe he's prejudiced. I bet you were the brightest in your class, weren't you? 
Sheriff takes her back to the cruiser and then starts trying to get physical with her. He's attempting to assault her. And she's like, like this is bad. So try not to laugh. Trigger. But, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he put he picks her up, puts her on the hood of his car and tries to stick his hand up her dress. And, and when he does, try not to laugh too much when I tell you that she just goes, get your hand off my dick, buddy. <laughs> And drop kicks his ass. Um, Just here's, the full roadhouse. This is where I begin to have all the questions. How did pushing him knock him the fuck out? I don't know. I think he maybe, literally just flops on the ground. I thought like maybe he hit his head on the concrete or something. Bad acting. He's not dead. He's just Chris Penn. But like they just peace out. They they they're can't. like get in the car. We're leaving. This is heat they cannot handle. Exactly. As they pull away, we realize they have left behind one high heel. Oh, yeah. One high heel shoe, like Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) Vita kicked the crap out of him and left her shoe behind. Except this time Cinderella left her shoe at the scene of the assault. Yes. (laughs) God, I just, he fuck, I just, listen, we're not, we're going to try to minimize the conversation around Chris Penn for the rest of the movie. There's just a couple things we need to talk about, we promise. And, And we'll cross those bridges when we come to them. They find a rest stop. They to change. Yeah, they, they freshen up. <laughs> and when they get back in the car, it won't start. And, you know, like, everybody's tired. Everybody's freaked out. We all start fighting and blaming each other. I think that Noxie and I decided to take pity on this poor little Latin boy in drag and bring her along with us. Noxie and I? Did I hear you say Noxie and I? Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Noxie and I didn't decide anything. No, Noxie got dragged into this by you. It's about this time that Chi-Chi decides she's had enough. She's not taking this abuse anymore or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she just starts walking. And so who shows up? Oh, young Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray. Played by Jason Loudon. Oh my, have you ever seen another movie with Jason Loudon? No, I have not. Oh my God, he is in The Man in the Moon. He's Court from Man in the Moon, which like, you're raising your eyebrows at me because you have no idea what I'm talking about. But like, I know a lot of young people who do. That's got Reese Witherspoon in it when she's like a baby. She's like a teenager. Mm. And she falls in love with this guy that gets run over by a tractor in the end. (laughs) It's very sad. All right. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I wrote Bobby Ray, you yummy thing, coming to pick up a stranger. You need a ride? Yeah. You know what happened? I'll call you that over there, and I just need to go pick up my friends, all right? Hop in. They all, she gets in his truck, and she's like, we got to go pick up my friends. And so they go over to get the other ladies. We are apparently going to be taken to Spidersville. <laughs> That's Snydersville. Snydersville, where, Snydersville. Snydersville, wherever the hell, USA. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Snydersville, flat-ass USA. It looks like it could be in one of the square states. It really does. <laughs> you know, and, you know, they all get in his pickup truck, and he takes them to the local bed and breakfast. They get out of the car in Snydersville. I wrote, it's 1995. Why does this town look like Spawn Ranch? I love... It looks like an old movie set. I love all of Nagzima's cultural references. Yeah, like, they're they're not all in good taste, but I understood most of them. And you thought the dust bowl was over? Bobby Ray, is that you? It sure is, Carol Ann. Look, uh, we come over to Virgil's, Zian. Virgil! Bobby Ray, you in? 
He's just shouting. Carol Ann, because their windows are open and that's how you're going to wake them up. He's standing in front of their house just shouting at them. And Carol Ann comes to the window. Oh, eternally gorgeous and talented stalker Channing is the owner, Carol Ann. I love Carol Ann. I know. Carol Ann and Virgil have a little girl named Bobby Lee and they do they have the auto shop together. And she runs the she rents rooms out, runs a bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. she makes some extra scratch. And I love it because she takes them Virgil's gonna go work on their car, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's broken down at. And she takes them upstairs. I love it. open that door. Yeah. And she shows them the room. And they're just like, they can't take it. Oh, it's so... They're just, they're terrified. It's so cute. Like, like, cute and, like, small-town-ish, like, really dust... Your dust bowl is the word. Vita turns to Carol Ann and goes, Do you by chance have a room that's possibly more inhabitable? This is the presidential suite. LOL, she would know, wouldn't she? She, Oh, my God. (laughs) So um, the whole town comes out to meet the queens in the morning. Literally the whole, you're right, the whole town is standing outside watching Virgil work on this Cadillac. So um, how long will she take to fix? Well, it'll take all five minutes. Oh, Oh, my goodness, thank you. You When I get the part. See, I don't have any Cadillac parts. Especially don't have any old Cadillac parts. Well, I can order it. You have it Monday. Monday? Monday? It's Saturday morning now. What are we supposed to do till Monday? And, like, they're looking around and they're like, uh, this is not the place to be. They're like, oh, no, sir. Oh, no, sir. We will not be doing that. Virgil is putrid shit. Oh, my God. Like, Carol Ann tries to intervene and he takes her by the elbow and leads her away. And I'm like, hey, 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 someone needs to be following up with that. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. hell? He led her away in front of everyone. No one has any questions. So Blythe Danner <laughs> plays, what's her name? I don't remember. Oh, my God. We're just going to say Blythe Danner. Yeah. So Blythe Danner <laughs> is a lady who lives in town, and she's going to give the queens the what's what and who's who about Snydersville. Yeah, they're, like, meeting all of the wives and, like, care and, like, oh, no. I wish I'd written her name down. So I also just wrote down Blythe Danner. We've got Blythe Danner. We've got Loretta. Guess who plays Loretta? I've seen her before. Help me with it. Dwight's babysitter. Oh yeah, that who lady comes with him to the dinner party at oh, Jan and Michael's. No. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. I, I was his that. babysitter. <laughs> no. Can you write down your email address because I have so many questions. Email. <laughs> so like we have Clara, who is a mute enigma at this point. Yeah, we don't really know what's going on with Clara. We just know she doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. And there are some others. There's, I think, there's Myrna. Myrna owns the mm-hmm. the beauty parlor. Yep. It's such a low standard to say that Blythe Danner is the only one who treats them like humans. She's just the only one who's not looking at them cross-eyed. Clara, the mute enigma, you know, she's very tiny, very old, and she's just got this blank stare. She's walking by them on the porch one day, and she drops a picture of, oh, who is it? I don't know. It's not Rock Hudson, is it? It's, oh... I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. Clara drops this headshot of this old famous actor, and (laughs) Noxie's like... Excuse me, you forgot something? Hello? Excuse me. Because I got some pleasure here. I was just picking it up for you because I didn't want it to get dirty. Oh, no, girlfriend, did you just do it, Yui? 
she can hear her shouting after her and she starts puddling along faster. Like as fast as she can. She's like in her 70s, but she's running away from the black drag queen. Like, like she does a Yui in the street. And, so- and like Naxima, God love her, she keeps chasing her. She's going to defy the stereotype. Yeah, That's she what she's sure going is. to do. I'm a coming. I'm gonna get you. Honey, I'm just trying to give you back your picture. Oh, ow. Meanwhile, a couple of state troopers finally scrape Sheriff Dullard off the county road. And I'm like, just leave him there. Like, you let him get rolled by a combine. Who the hell cares? And, like, he gets taken in. Oh, boy. And these, these other cops are laughing at him because he got beat up by girls. Which, like, already, number one, fuck you. And number two, I'm not going to play most of what he says because it's racist and homophobic, but I will play you this. Oh, shut up! Shut shut up! I'm going to bring back three corpses here. And when you look up their dresses, if you don't find something you shouldn't find, I don't know what. That is a sheriff of the law who was making a direct threat to kill these women in cold blood and bring them back to their doorstep. And guys, that's that happens a lot. It does. Especially in this time period. They just let him leave. What in the actual hell? It's fiction, but too many things that ring true of real life. To a lot of law enforcement, queer people are perverts. And deviants, deviants, and not to be treated with respect in any way, shape, or form. And that's still very true today. Yeah. Speaking of awful people, meanwhile, Chi Chi is minding her business, and this corn fed thug. The rapists are after Chi Chi. Yeah, one of them starts following her. He corners her with like four of his other buddies. And da 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 da. Bobby Ray in his turret. Come on. That's how you pick up a lady. He just like swoops in like he's Superman and she jumps in his truck. That's how you pick up a lady. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Bobby Ray, honestly. Those boys didn't hurt you, did they, Miss Chi Chi? Just a little bit, Mom. Just a little. Nothing time won't heal. And so Bobby's Bobby Ray's rocking her around and he takes her over to a billboard and it's a Coca-Cola ad. It says love that Coca-Cola, but he's got that crossed out and he writes he writes Chi Chi. Gotta love that Chi Chi. He's defamed a billboard in her name. Like it's weirdly endearing. And she she she's like I don't have words. Oh well don't cry, Miss Chi Chi. Please don't cry. Miss Chi Chi. If you were my girl, you'd never cry for anything. Except maybe from happiness. Because she starts crying. He's like, oh, don't cry. If you were my girl, you'd never cry for anything. I love it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's just this weird rural community charm. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Like, there's this really low bar where he's the only one who's not trying to assault her. So he's, like, the best guy here. I have no other choice than to feel warm about him. So... I don't want to skim over this too much, but Vita realizes that Virgil is beating the fuck out of Carol Ann, yeah. like on the reg. She's in the kitchen and she gets close enough to Carol Ann to see this bruise on her face. Mm-hmm. And she makes up some story about a box falling on her face. Yeah. That, and Vita like tries to add spice to the food mm-hmm. that she's cooking. Oh, oh, may I? What's that? 
Uh, just a little spice. Oh, a little paprika. No, don't. And no, really. don't. Oh, don't, I, don't use spices here. I am sorry. I, Virgil I, does I'm not like it. I'm just pushy. A bit. Virgil does like his way, doesn't he? And, like, Vita at least is trying to let her know that she knows, but Carol Ann just as much tells her to mind her own business, basically. Any idiot can tell this woman is scared to death all the time. Yeah, and just, you know, I just wish that somebody had done something about it at that moment, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Noxie's trying to crack Clara, right? Yeah, because Clara, you know, she's mute. She's just sitting there in a rocking chair. She's peeked in her house and she can see she's got a lot of cool things on the walls. Like lots of old Hollywood posters. And records. And like, so she's just sitting down next to Clara. She's talking at her. She's convinced that she's going to make a good impression here, right? She, mm-hmm. I'll be damned. I cannot believe how far... She has chased her. Yeah, I know. Like, literally across town. And, like, Noxim is telling her about her big dreams for Hollywood, how she wants to play the lead in a Dorothy Dandridge biopic. <laughs> yeah. I love Dorothy Dandridge, and I could offer some bits here, but Noxima sums it up best. Yes, that noble black dress who never played domestic help, and then whose career was crushed by the white Hollywood machine. Oh, homegirl ended up dying penniless. I tell you, I can remember almost everything she's ever done. Big kicking and streaming energy over here. Absolutely. I love it. And she's trying to remember the name of one of her movies. And all of a sudden, Clara speaks. Then there was... uh, um, Tamango. Tamango. Malaga. Malaga. Honey, when did you start talking? Wanna try Lena Horn? Go, girl. Feature debut, 1942. Panama, <laughs> And they take turns. They go back and forth naming movies. Mm-hmm. And guys, I don't want to get too weepy about this oh, or, or make it more than what it is. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But I love how movies can bridge gaps between people who might not otherwise attempt to understand one another. You know what I'm saying? Like, movies tend to be a thing that we all kind of have in common. We may have different things to say about them and how they affect us. Like, that's kind of the point of this podcast. You know, (laughs) like, we have thoughts and you have thoughts, and all of our thoughts are different. But it's a way we can communicate and get to know each other about our perceptions of media. I love that Clara is only lively for pop culture references. It's the only way she'll communicate. Exactly. And I'm like, is that going to be us? (laughs) Is this going to be us? Staring blankly. No one can get our attention. (laughs) Exactly. Unless they're like, Titanic and like the 1997 film by James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And it's going to be us. Vita is having this very adorable conversation with Carol Ann's daughter, Bobby Lee, where they're talking about how like she, you know, Bobby Lee loves this boy, mm-hmm. but she won't name who it is. And Vita's telling her that she can have anything, be anything she wants. Yeah. You just imagine good things happening and you make them happen. Well, what if what I want to imagine is a boy I want to go out with? You might want to set your sights a tiny bit higher. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Vita's right. Vita's right. Boys are not important. She gives her those flowers for Carol Ann. I know. And she says this really sweet thing. She says, they only grow in darkness and dank, but oh, how they blossom. Oh, I love and it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So we're in Jimmy Joe's restaurant and Blythe Danner is telling Vita and the girls all about the Strawberry Social. <laughs> this extremely blasé event that they hold once a year where they bake strawberry pies, bring them to the middle of town, eat them, and then go home. It's like some weird sacrifice to a corn god or something. And like so they rally all the women and they're deciding, okay, this sounds boring as fuck. Let's come up with a theme. <laughs> yeah, Vita's like, we're not having an actual party. Y'all serious? Red and wild. What? That's your theme. Red and wild is our theme. You know what we should have today? A day with the girls. A day with the girls. A what? We have got to finish these posters and somebody has to drive me to Greenville. Now, come on. I've always dreamed of having a day with the girls, like in New York, high society. What's a day with the girls? These repressed ladies are going to be empowered by a bunch of queens. And I that's love it. heavenly. It is. Like, you know, Vita's like, we're going to have a day with the girls. And I love how she's like, I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> the wives literally have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. And like, I just, it's so clear that the, these women have never, this is the beginning of their little friendship with all of the town wives, mm-hmm. who based on everything we see in this scene have never known real affection or female solidarity Mm -hmm. and it just makes me so sad and you know Myrna takes them to the town beauty parlor Mm -hmm. and yes 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 the drag queens are going to make up the cis women I love it yes I absolutely love it and they make them all look fabulous and appropriate for their personalities Mm -hmm. like it's not this big visual gag or anything everybody looks great and they all come out of the salon and this wolf pack is across the street and Noxie, she's had it because they're catcalling. Yeah. And she goes across the street to give them a piece of her mind. There is something about a drag queen in the year 1995 demanding they apologize. Yes, yeah, I think you owe these ladies an apology. I ain't apologizing <laughs> to no ladies. No way. No way. Just as I expected. Do you like my nails? Oh! Walk. And she grabs him by the testicles <laughs> and drags him by the, literally by the balls. Across the street. Over to the ladies. Now, Tommy, when you encounter such gorgeous ladies, the correct way to greet them is to say, good afternoon, ladies. <laughs> Can you say that, Tommy? Good afternoon, ladies. Unless, of course, it's the evening. And then you say what? Oh, I can't hear you. Squeezes a little harder. If it's night, you what do you say? Good, Good evening, ladies. I in my notes in all capital letters, I have more of a man than you'll ever be, yeah. and more of a woman than you'll ever get. And I that, am living. They're walking away, and Noxima goes. Sometimes you just gotta know how to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, sorry, sorry. I am like living in my high pitch today, That's and okay. I'm I'm really sorry about it. The stuttering dude hiding all of his grandmother's old '60s clothing. Oh yeah, they go into that clothing store, and they're not in there ten seconds before. Noxima sounds the literal alarm. She starts gay screaming. <laughs> <laughs> She cannot believe it. They 
have found a treasure trove of all of this campy vintage clothing. Yeah. And they start doing their own little fashion show. And they all look stunning. I love it. Everybody's in lots of color. Another town, another place. Carol Ann is watching from the window in her house, and she's so taken with everything that's going on. I cry for Carol Ann. I know, I do too. And of course she's having one moment of happiness, Mm -hmm. and here comes Virgil. Yeah. He's drunk and about to ruin everything. Yeah. God! He starts screaming about all the spice that's in the food. Mm-hmm. And he dumps the food on the count on the floor and starts yelling at her. Yeah. And I just like, oh my God, this woman suffers in silence. And I hate that for her. Now we're dancing on Clara's porch to Eartha Kitt. Yes. Oh my God, I love this song. Mm-hmm. I could die. I mm-hmm. love that song. The town is much livelier ever since the queens came to stay. Yeah, we're seeing like all of the little effects that you know their influence has had. The ladies are kind of running things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know they're getting their rear and gear with this strawberry festival. It's not going to be a blasé event no more. So they're all sitting on the porch, right? We got Carol Ann, her girls, Bobby Lee. We got all the queens. And guess who comes walking up? All suave de bonaire. Oh, Bobby Ray in his Sunday best. Mm-hmm. He's got a bouquet. And just, you know, we know he's there to see Chi-Chi. He's there to ask Chi-Chi out to the strawberry social. Ooh. But Bobby Lee thinks it's going to be her. Yeah, I know. And he goes, Bobby Lee? Yes, Bobby Ray? Could you do me a favor and take the little ones inside? I think I need to talk to Miss Chichi Rodriguez in private. I always scream because her little face just contorts and she is out of there. I'm like, oh my God. It embarrasses the fuck out of Bobby Lee. Oh yeah. And then Chichi turns into a fuck real quick. (laughs) Oh man, because she like turns around and she's like, give me an hour. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. And you know who's not having this? Vita. Yeah. Oh, darling, you most certainly will not be going out with Mr. Bobby Ray. Why not? Why not? We got a lot in common. Oh, yes. Like for starters, the same business in between your legs. Boink, 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 boink. And if he ever gets a whiff of your wiles, darling. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. It's the why I'm always right and you're wrong songs. I think there's something in Chi-Chi that knows that, like, she's not, like, head over heels in love with him. And Vita's like, you need to let Bobby Lee take on Bobby Ray. And she's like, why? Why yeah. should I do that? I mean, she's got a point, but yeah. I see where she's coming from, but it's just like, it's a mess. And we're having this very racially charged fight where Vita and Chi-Chi are going back and forth at one another. <laughs> and Noxima, queen of the middle, is just off to the side trying to meditate, like, don't go there, Vita. Oh, she went there. Selfish. Oh my God, I'm selfish. You're the selfish one running into people's houses and bossing their lives around with them even asking you, okay? Mrs. Dear Alanda's painting my culo. How dare you think that? We're hearing domestic violence through the door. Once they're finally done tearing each other down, Vita's like, okay, we're taking care of this. Like, Ms. Vita Swayze literally (laughs) roadhouse kicks this door in. Yeah. And drags Carol Ann out of that room. 
And then she like closes herself in the room with Virgil and she begins this very slow escalation of violence. Virgil, I hear you like to hit ladies. So Virgil, I gather you like hitting ladies. Uh, Some ladies need to get hit. Uh Uh-huh, then conversely, some men need to be hit back. And she cracks him across the face. She throws him out the front door. I love it. She just proceeds to beat the crap out of him. Oh, oh no, Auntie Virgil's going to hurt me. It's so Caroline, there's something you should know about Vita, Mommy. Well, Vita works out. Vita works out. Yeah. A lot. So, yeah, Chi-Chi really wants Bobby Ray. Yeah, but like she knows it's not right. Yeah. Deep down. She's saying all these lovely things to him about how he makes her feel and he's like genuinely returning the feelings. Mm-hmm. And like bearing in mind, he does not have all of the information. Oh, you never lie to me, you know, you never keep a secret from me. Yeah, I know I really respect that. I do. If you really love someone, you you could keep one big secret from them, is that? I really feel that if you love somebody with all of your heart, then uh, you could never keep a secret from them. And (laughs) And Gigi's like, "Mm -hmm." she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't say that I love him in one breath and like keep that from him. You know, she returns to the house. We're back in the kitchen at the table. Carol Ann and Vita and Noxima. We've got Chi-Chi and we got Bobby Lee. Chi-Chi comes around the corner and she looks at Bobby Lee and she's like, you know what? You can have Bobby Ray. Mm -hmm. That was so very generous of you, putting someone else's needs before your own. It was special. It was step three. Mm. Absolutely step three. Abide by the rules of love. Like, that's some real development for Chi-Chi. Yeah, and Chi-Chi sits down and Caroline's like, here, honey, and pushes the wine to her. <laughs> like, that's some Golden Girl shit, yeah. man. Chi-Chi and Vita join hands, and they're, like, apologizing for all the horrible shit they said to one another. <laughs> I love how Nagzima is sitting on the stove, overtaken by all of the love yeah. in the room. Like, <laughs> I love how they join hands and they go, forgive him? Forgiven. Forgiven. I love you so much. And she goes, you're too much. <laughs> They get Bobby Lee all dressed up to go meet Bobby Ray at the social. I'm sorry. Everyone like pairs off. Yeah. I love how she's going by Roberta now, like trying to be all grown up. He comes up behind her and goes, Bobby Lee? Roberta. Oh, Roberta. Wow. You really look pretty. Sure is a pretty dress you're wearing. Oh, this old thing? Watching her use these moves on Bobby Ray that they taught her, I just love it. Yeah, and then, yeah, they're finally, you know, they're together. Yeah. And then everybody starts pairing off and slow dancing. And Jimmy J- Jimmy Joe goes to bl- up to Blythe Banner and goes, Miss So-and-so, whose character's <laughs> name I have not remembered the entire time. Miss Beatrice. I've waited 23 years to ask you this. May I have this dance? Oh, my gracious. He professes love for her after like a quarter of a century. (laughs) Like you're you're seeing the full effect of Of the the queer community. (laughs) And And I love how they're all on the balcony above everybody just dancing. I don't like this line, but go ahead. You know, pumpkins, sometimes it just takes a fairy. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They're literally wearing pink, green, and blue, as in flora, fauna, and merryweather. I love that. I love it so much. Okay. Okay. Can we just can we talk about this really weird thing? <laughs> Please. About? About Dollard. Yeah, no. So we're in this bar. Dollard's upset because he's run out of leads to find the queens. Yeah, we've, and we've he, been mostly ignoring him up to this point. I don't know what's happening, but he's just sitting at this bar and he is sauced. Oh, he's talking about how he's latently attracted to them. Their low baritone voices sighing, grunting. They hold one another. In, in manly, masculine arms. Hold on. He's super gay. Yeah! Like, he's being super gay in the bar, and he's being loud about the physicalities of men, and everybody's just, like, staring at him. No one's paying him, and no one's engaging with him at all. They're just kind of letting him talk. Yeah. And, like, it's just so... Guys, when you have some latent urges that you can't, you know, address, you know, you start to hate people around you that love that part of themselves. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm just saying, that's where that starts. Sometimes the biggest gay haters are gay. Yeah, <laughs> it, it happens. It does happen. I just hate his stupid voice, and I hate that we even have to talk about him, but we have to talk about it. Because Virgil walks into the bar. Oh, God. Virgil sits down, and he eyes him for a second, and Virgil's like, what? And he's like, nothing, nothing. And apparently they strike up a conversation. Dollar knows where the queens are. Somehow, the toxic ones always find each other, folks. It's like some weird law of physics. In the morning... Carolyn has fixed their car herself. Yeah. And this really lovely conversation takes place between Vita and Carolyn. She's talking about how much she's going to miss her. Yeah. And she says, I think it's really important for a woman to have lady friends. And I feel like this is the moment where Vita's like, well, maybe I should tell her the truth, you know? Yeah. And like, she's like, if we're going to be friends, there's something I have to tell you. And Carolyn looks right at her and goes, only man have Adam's apples. And the first night you came to town, I noticed that you had yourself an Adam's apple. Then, then you know? I know. But I'm very fortunate to have a lady friend just happens to have an Adam's apple. Oh, it's beautiful. I know. I just love, That's my favorite line in the whole movie. Like, because up until this point, she's the only one who's genuinely made a choice to love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, like, we'll get back to that in just a second. But I just love that Carol Ann's the first. Everyone is dressed in red and wild for the strawberry social. Everybody looks like a million bucks. They have this long picnic table set up in the center of it's town. A very Dodge City scene going on here. Oh yeah, we like have some. It's there's some western vibes to this scene. Wow! 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 wow. Here comes Sheriff Dollard on the megaphone. Dollard's here to be dangerous. He is laying a one-man siege to this town. This is terrorism. It is terrorism. (laughs) This is somebody abusing their power to intimidate an entire town of people into facilitating violence. And, you know, he's shouting into this megaphone, demanding they produce Vita, Noxima, and Chi-Chi. And now I am really going to play something he says because it's the very source of bigotry incarnate. Don't protect these freaks! I know they're hiding here! These weirdos coming in here, these 
boys in dresses. What? Boys in dresses? Corrupting you with their way of life. Changing the way things have always been. I really don't think that's what you want. Fear-mongering and pushing your bigotry on everyone so we can create this other that we can blame for all our problems. I think what Dollard's been counting on here is that these people aren't going to want it to change. These people want this town to change. They can't go back now. They're embracing it. Everybody's so much happier. Someone in an all red bridal gown. Oh, no, no, no. This is where I wrote, the red bride appears. Yes. (laughs) A la Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Veiled out in everything and starts approaching the sheriff. Dollard's like, who's this shoe belong to? Give me the the owner of this shoe. He has a shotgun in his hand and he is all juiced up over this. It's like an actual Western standoff. You think it's Vita at first. Yeah, I did think it was Vita at first. And then... The Red Bride throws her veil over, and it's Carolyn. I believe that shoe is mine. You ain't the one. She's not the one. Back off, Virgil. I am a drag queen. They start pulling a Spartacus. Guess that makes me the drag king. Hell, I'm a drag queen too. I'm a drag queen over here. <laughs> so you can just drag yourself I am a drag queen. I, I am a drag, drag queen. queen. Oh, captain, my captain. I love it. Yeah. And you know, it's just like, regardless of how hokey it might be, they're like stepping it up. They're not ratting on anybody. And, and they keep, they like get in his face and they're like, nah, 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 nah. What are you so afraid of, dude? Yeah. Like, like I know what he's afraid of. He's gay and doesn't want to deal and with like, it. And like all these people are like, get the hell out of here. We're yeah. not giving you anyone. I don't know where he thinks he's coming from. He's not the National Guard. This whole town of little little mullets is <laughs> standing up for these queens and they start whooping and hollering and celebrating and i gotta tell you this is the beginning of carrie's likes and dislikes with this movie to start with something i do like his bigotry has been mocked since the beginning yeah not a single person he's interacted with who he whines to about all of this takes him even remotely seriously or pays attention to him and it's just like Noxima says Ignore adversity, mm-hmm. right? Don't validate it by giving it attention. That's one approach. He literally is standing on the edge of town, pointing and yelling for no one. Yeah, I know. I love it. He's just like, he's. there's this one guy walking his dog. I'll tell you one thing. When the Founding Fathers wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and what have you, liberty and justice for all, they didn't mean that. Well, I can tell you one thing about them Founding Fathers of America. What's that? They sure had fabulous wigs. Like, oh my God, you know what? They're, the evolution of fashion and gender presentation since the 18th century, that's a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. But it is not an understatement to say that more than one of the Founding Fathers has definitely donned full drag at least once. Uh, yeah. That's why I love that line. Ben, you know, Ben Franklin used to do it. Like, have you seen <laughs> pictures, like drawings of courtiers in like yeah. 18th century France and America? <laughs> you see something strange, perhaps? <laughs> Everybody's and- in full wig face powder these are jump for joy gays i love it and i love that virgil just kind of like drives away oh yeah no that's what i don't like (laughs) yeah they just like settle that she just gives him this long stare and he's like okay i guess i'm going bye-bye forever yeah like we're supposed to believe that he's just either gonna go away or she's just not gonna take it from now on and be fine 
Like Vita even asks her to come with them. Yeah. And it's just it's just all very unsatisfactory for me that the only thing that's missing is a neat little bow and that's just not how any of it works. And you know, they're all like hiding from everybody in the room. Oh, we, yeah. And we then they're like breaking down. They're like, they stood up for us. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting ready to leave. And you know, yeah, uh, uh, Caroline says all that stuff like, you know, I can't go. I got to raise my daughters. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before they turn away, she goes, I love you, Miss Beta Boham. I've waited my whole life to hear those words said to that name. <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. Somebody loves Vita. Yeah. You know? And then she walks away and she goes, I don't like her last line. I don't think of you as a man. And I don't think of you as a woman. I think of you as an angel. I think that's healthy. Well, that's healthy, I guess. No, yeah, I totally <laughs> I totally get her response yeah. because it's just kind of weird. Like, the spirit of it is quite beautiful. But what, what it evokes for me is just this stereotype of queer characters as being ornamental to the development of straight people in movies. You know, like the gay best friend. This town definitely got exposure to new things, new people, and it's changed them for the better. I feel like we don't get enough of these characters as whole characters as opposed to just drag performers. Yeah. You know what I mean? We get three straight men yeah, playing drag queens. We do. And, you know, that's that's problematic. But I still love that in a time where gender presentation was kind of a punchline in movies, that this movie made more of a focused effort to explore the actual humanity with people in this community. And so, but yeah, that's not the note we go out on. They drive away into the sunset. Black screen, Hollywood, California. Oh, we finally made it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The winner of this year's Drag Queen of America contest. We're at Miss Drag Queen of America pageant. And we are get the looks we are seeing in this final scene are to die for. Everybody looks really good. All of the color and the leaf fans and the Cindy Lopper cover. I know. I just love it. And Chi Chi wins the pageant. I don't agree. I, <laughs> I don't agree. You're entitled to your opinion. Chi Chi was nothing but dramatic that whole time. Chi Chi clearly has learned something because her final look. It is serving. It is flawless. It's serving everything. Elegant with the silver gown. And she's crowned by Julie goddamn Newmar. Who has no lines because I bet that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something especially satisfying about that, about them referencing Julie Newmar throughout this whole movie. And, and then finally having Julie Newmar. She's on screen for two seconds like, to crown her. She crowns her, and I love the like gasp of pleasure on her face. <laughs> just like, girl, you look so good. I know. You know, like. It's great. <laughs> Tell me what you take away from this movie. This movie's just a lot of fun. Here's what I take away from this. You can be bigoted, you can be backwards, and nobody is born being a homophobe or being racist or being, you know, transphobic, xenophobic. No one is born that way. We're learn that's learned. You have to learn that. Yeah. Somebody teaches that to you. And I think about how like, you know, being a kid 
and going to the Chuck E. Cheese on the east side and our grandparents, our great grandparents telling us, telling me specifically not to play with the black children because they were mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And that is something that was taught to me. Yeah. At a very young age. No, you. we did not retain that. We did not retain that because we realized what it was because we're educated. Yeah. And I just, so many people live their life with absolute fear. And I can't imagine having to live that way, that you are so afraid of someone's difference from you. Based on their appearance. That is going to absolutely make you write them off as another living person. Like, I don't get it. It's Like, just... that's, that is deep ingrained institutional fear i don't mean i don't get it as in i don't see why it exists i mean i don't get it as in i just can't fundamentally relate to it of course not i you know how i love her what's her name dr jane elliott if you can learn something you can unlearn it absolutely and that's exactly what these people did there is this universal truth within queer communities that there are so many of us who are rejected by our own families because of who we are And because of that, we have to find love and comfort in friends and chosen family. And by necessity, members of the queer community usually become somewhat adept at finding friends and new family wherever they go. Mm -hmm. Right. And we find each other. And not everyone's experience is the same, obviously. But what what I've experienced supports what I believe, which is that we find each other. And then we try to share that special way of love and acceptance with everyone. And what I love about this movie is that it evokes all of those very special qualities that you tend to see in members of this community, like compassion and understanding, solidarity, a willingness to meet new people, share your lives with others. And this movie is very often problematic, but there's this overall message that urges you to refuse whatever institutionalized bigotry has taught you to believe. And you just do your best to share and teach that policy of love and acceptance. You guys ready to hear about what we're serving next? (laughs) Oh, my God. Guess what? There's more drag. There's more drag coming, guys. Oh, my God. Guys, thank you for sticking with us through Pride Month. We know that it's hard with Pride being canceled all over the world. But um, we're going to get through it. We're going to be able to celebrate next year, most likely. So not only are we bringing you more drag next week, but we're bringing you more Robin Williams <laughs> and Nathan Lane and Diane Weist and Gene Hackman. So I'm excited for that. We are going to be doing Mike Nichols' 1996 film adaptation of La Caja Faux, The Birdcage. Oh, I'm so ready. Guys, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. You're kidding me. Really? I love The Birdcage. Oh, no, it's excellent. Number one, it came out the year I was born. Number two, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit older than me. Yeah. It's about six months older than I oh, am. Oh, my God. And it's just, it's it's this really funny story of the shenanigans that ensue when the child of these gay parents wants to marry the daughter of very conservative parents. Eek! And shenanigans do ensue. It is wonderful. And Robin Williams is married to Nathan Lane, so (laughs) you gotta come to hear us talk about all of that noise. It is gonna be grand! And this is one that we're gonna watch together, right? Oh no, yeah. This is one that begs to be watched together. Absolutely. 
So look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, head on over to Facebook and Twitter. Follow us at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. Write us fan mail, make suggestions, ask questions at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That is with an and, not with an ampersand. Guys, we're going to go watch Avatar now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. But, like, until next time. Wait, no. More quality content. Yeah. <laughs> More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry Mom. Mom.